Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. Well, good afternoon, Southern California. Welcome to yet another edition. Isn't that funny how whenever I come on the air, I always say yet another edition. It's like one day it may not be here. (laughs) Well, let's hope the astrology hour never ends, right? But as long as we are here and as long as you keep sending in your orders, I will be here to serve you. So welcome to your public radio show, Astrological Metaphysical Radio. And we do have a very, very special edition for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about many of my topics that have been delivered in the last four years here in the Astrology Hour, because I'm here with a very special woman, Bonnie O'Brien, who has very neatly transcribed hundreds of my topics in beautiful typewritten prose and used three bottles of whiteout to do it, I might add, also. So Bonnie's here in the control room with me. We'll be talking to her, going over some of these topics over the last few years and what might become of this magnificent notebook that she's brought us. In the meantime, I will still be doing personal readings, answering questions, and tackling the Sabian symbols in case you want to know the essence vibrations of your rising sign. In the meantime, well, Bonnie, have you ever been in a radio control room before? Never in my life. What's it like to be here? Oh, it's marvelous. The energy is just so great. Closest thing to a UFO I could think of, right? I think so. I think it'll take off any moment. Did you feel us lift off? We we actually did lift off. Yes, I did. Bonnie, as you know, I kind of go through a metamorphosis from the time I meet you outside in the waiting room and then from the time I come on the air. It's like something magical seems to happen. My voice changes. I brighten up. My aura blooms. My chakras start blossoming. And whenever I hear that music and get in front of this microphone, get in this control room, I seem to be at my best for that part of the day. And you actually witnessed yes. the transformation I went through. When yes, I, I sure did. Typical human being to whatever my <laughs> alien I am on the air. But uh, in the meantime, I noticed that I was wondering what the topic was going to be today. And then when you came in with these notebooks, I was so amazed and impressed because literally... For about two years now, and have you been doing this for more than two years, you think? Or? No, just about a year. About a year, okay. It takes me a while. I'm a little dense. <laughs> uh, about two years ago, I was thinking about finding someone to transcribe my topics from the tape to the written word with the thought of possibly publishing a book called The Astrology Hour, The Book. I couldn't have manifested someone doing this any more distinctly than I could ever imagine. Frankly, I'm sure in Bonnie's mind that these notebooks that you have gathered are literally probably priceless to you. They are. And uh, obviously, just touching them, it's like, I'm looking here saying, here I am, here's my higher self, channeled on all these hundreds of radio programs here on KFOX. So what I've discussed with you is... uh, as the possibility of using this information to maybe publish a book, The Astrology Hour, the book. I think that'd be marvelous. And uh, you said you didn't want any recognition. You want to be like a silent That's right. supporter here. Uh, you've, you've given all this knowledge to us, and I think it's only fair that I give what I did back to you. <laughs> Meanwhile, no one can find Bonnie. We're not going to give out her address or number. No way. No. You can't get this woman. She's from another planet <laughs> completely. And I'll tell you something, Bonnie. No one has organized my show like you have. I mean, I have all the shows on tape and cataloged, but I haven't really sat down and typed up the list. Like I see May 2nd was the 12 tribes of the Zodiac, May 3rd, heavy traffic, topic on the power of God and the power of the mind, May 4th, the power of astrology validation, President Reagan's chart, 
May 5th, Murphy's Law, Negative Philosophy. May 9th, The Planets. May 10th, The Age of Aquarius, The Events That Might Precede This Event. May 11th, How to Tell If You're an Extraterrestrial Soul. May 12th, The Elements. You have really, literally, taken this show as a class. And because of uh, the possibility that you may be moving to another city, you wanted to make sure you were able to bring a major block of this knowledge with you. That's right. I'm hoping my intuition's going to kick in like you keep saying it might. <laughs> but you must have a heavy Virgo somewhere in your chart, is there? I have three planets in Virgo. <laughs> if I look through one of these notebooks, I do have my chart with me. That's funny. Now, what is your sun, moon, and rising sign? Because I don't know it. Okay, my rising sign is 27 Libra. Yeah. My sun is 24 Sagittarius, and my uh, moon is 1 Leo. Isn't that funny? So your son is trying my Saturn in the 11th house of goals in 25 Leo, and your rising sign is close to mine. It's 27 Leo, mine's 20 Libra, and of course the rising that you have is trying my Uranus, which is my astrology planet. So, you know, I'm looking back now, what you really have completed here is most of the stuff up to like about a year's worth up to Christmas of 87, right? Spotty May, and then uh, all the way up until December is typed. The rest is recorded. <laughs> I got the, the rest of it you're, you're working on is yes, what you're saying. Yes. But like in January, which I really felt I was hitting very strongly, like you've got planets and houses and why they changed their flavor on January 26th. Mm-hmm. And then February 23rd, you must have loved this topic, energy exchanges. Oh, yes. And then Feb 24th, identity and personality factors. What amazes me is I have never, ever been able to sit down in perspective and objectively look at all the information that I have spewed forth here. And just having it right in front of me in book form, it blows my mind. Like, what I really do, as you know, I said to you, I didn't have a topic before the show. Right. And and that's usually the case. Usually I'll get a topic or a whim a couple seconds before I go on the air, and then I'll start my breathing and get into my super alpha and theta state, and then it just comes through. It's like a river. It flows into the mic. Sometimes it comes through real fast, and I try to slow it down. But the thing is, is that in perspective, looking at all the hundreds of tapes on my wall, It doesn't really ring out as to, you know, a lot of times I'm insecure and I put myself down and I think I'm small and I'm not aware of all this information that's really coming across. Oh, I know. What you have done is presented me with all this information that's just unbelievable. Like here's a topic from the February 23rd, 1988 show, Energy Exchangers, where you underlined there are certain transits in your astrology chart that you can have where your energy is subject to being lower and drained more due to certain effects happening in your life. These are my words, I take it, Those are your words. If you're having a major opposition in your chart where there is one planet in the sky that is opposed to a planet in your natal chart, karmically, it is possible that you would be around one or more people that would tend to drain you of your energy, and that would create this cosmic burnout effect. Yes. So what (laughs) would... I'm obviously, I'm very excited about this, (laughs) but what I do find that is interesting is that because we have been limited to the Southern California area, the K-Fox area, with their 3,000-watt station, up till now, I never really had an option or an opportunity to present the information from the show to the world. What we have here is about maybe a five or 600-page book of uh, hundreds of these topics that I've delivered here in the radio. With, And we're talking about all the commercials are edited out, right? That's right. All the calls except the ones I made with you. Yes, I did make my <laughs> own down there. <laughs> I noticed it highlight red and yellow magic marker. You do have yours down for sure. Like, let's say somebody might be interested And they've heard me mention maybe T-squares, Grand Trines, Grand Crosses, and Fingers of God, which is a topic I did January 20th of 1988. And right here, you have the show. It all typed T-squares, Grand Squares, Grand Crosses, Grand Trines, and Fingers of God. Today's show is rather advanced, 
So if you don't know much about astrology, it would be good to record it and save it. So Bonnie actually typed the whole thing out. Boy, I know there's some real jealous people out there now that would probably pay a lot of money just to have a copy of this. But uh, I'm just overwhelmed with it, really. I just, I think I really needed this because I'll tell you something, Bonnie. Lately, I've been going through this midlife crisis transit. I've been having a Saturn and Uranus oppose my Uranus, which is 29 Gemini, and Saturn and Uranus have been 29 Sag. Yesterday, I went on the air with a migraine. I don't know. Did, did you hear the show yesterday? I did, but I didn't. In Whoa. other words, I, you know. <laughs> well, it doesn't hurt as much when I'm on the air, but before and after, I, I collapsed at 4.30 till 7.30 and just fainted just about. I was so tired, and I was talking to a couple of my friends, and they were saying, well, maybe you need a vacation. Maybe you need a break. A lot of times I'm joking about moving to Australia or yeah. Canada or something. But uh, the thing is, is that a lot of times in my life, because I guess I am a Leo, I need the strokes and I need the praise of the pats in the back. And wow, did I really need to see this? You know, because a lot of times people will tell me, they will say, well, Farley, you're doing a great job and I'll get letters of praise from people that have rebirthed or gained spiritual awareness. But sometimes you just don't get it. You know, even as a human, you get so much of it. But in perspective, it's hard to objectively see the whole picture, like holding these notebooks in front of me. Like, here, here's a show on April 25th, 1988. I guess if you figure a show is really important, then you skip ahead. Yes, and I, you skip a couple of months and transcribe this right, for sure. Right. Th- this was on the degrees of the Zodiac and uh, called the Sabian Symbols. And let's see what my definition is here. It says, this is the part of an incredibly powerful tradition in astrology that represents a more refined and defined cycle of interpretation. In my opinion, astrology is a science and can be approached in many ways. It depends on the personal individual advancement or awareness and intuition of the teachers or of each particular age you may be in. This being the age of Aquarius, we are going to have a higher evolved group of people, but the road which I believe unites all levels of intuition and perception as far as esoteric explanation of evolving knowledge is interpreted by the individual degrees of the zodiac, which I refer to as the Savian symbols. See, reading this, I say to myself, who wrote this? But you don't listen to yourself. That's right. Sometimes that's right. after the show, I need to throw that tape in and hear what and was hear just it. said. Right. And uh, let's continue here. This is fun, isn't it? Because <laughs> I want to show people how good this really is. Today, I'm talking with my good friend, Bonnie, who had transcribed hundreds of shows. And I figured as topic today, we would share this with you because a lot of people are excited about the show, of course. Okay, let's continue. The universe is divided up into many sectors. The most important sector we are concerned with is the area of space which we are familiar with where they rotate from the Earth's point of view. Whether you know this or not, the Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, and the asteroids all remain within a single belt that surrounds the Sun. All the planets have the same North Pole pointing the same direction and the same South Pole from the Earth's point of view, not exactly parallel, but pretty darn close. When you look up in the sky, sometimes you can see all the planets lined up together. Then notice they do remain in sort of a straight line in the belt called the ecliptic or zodiac. I believe that way back in ancient Atlantis, that the zodiac was really developed and explained in a lot more detail than a lot of us would be confronted with at this point. I've had some incredible experiences over the weekend. I was in touch with some of the people from the Kabbalistic Research Center in Westwood who are into ancient Judaism and are laced with astrology. Wow, this is so heavy. Also, I saw a show on WGN in Chicago early 4 a.m. Sunday morning. On this show, there was an evangelist. I don't have his name just yet, but he was a Christian evangelist in a cathedral with 10,000 people. And here he was at 4 a.m. talking about the validity of astrology, like he was trying to tie in the entire Christ epic with each zodiac sign. 
I believe in order to derive real benefit from astrology, people should know the individual degrees of the zodiac. And it just continues with the top. You know, Bonnie, I'm just, I'm so proud of you. I just salute you in being able to do this because obviously this is a lot of work and it would obviously take a person a long time to sit down with the shows, show by show. I imagine you've probably put a, about a thousand hours into this, oh, huh? I have no idea. Are, are you I a, take it day by day. Are you a good typist also? Uh, no. <laughs> and I use a manual machine, so what, about 40 words a minute? <laughs> oh my God, that is just unbelievable. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, share some more of these uh, topics with the listeners that you have transcribed here. We have, you did the ghost poltergeist show that we did. I had that guest on that time. And then compatibility and exact degrees. That was a fun topic. The multidimensional self on March 11th, one of my favorite shows. You even got rap with Farley. You haven't transcribed that yet. No. The basics. Wow, there's a good one. Planets and houses and why they change their flavor. So we'll probably use that because that'll be a good introductory chapter. And then identity and personality factors. And in December, you got almost the whole month. How to have a relationship with yourself on the first, pulling yourself out of a rut, visualization and manifestation on the second, astrology and hostility on the third. Then on the fourth, weird science, strange happenings, 12 houses, Pisces effect. All the Pisces would love that. On the seventh, the grand conjunction and life on earth. On the ninth of December, the moon and the significance of the void, course, and moon wobble. Wow, there's a lot of people that would love that one, huh? Then on the tenth, holiday blues, suicide and depression. It just goes on and on and on. Well, the best thing I can say is that I'm going to take a long look at this and probably make a copy of it. And then if we do decide, which I'm probably sure we will, publish this, then we'll let our listeners know first, as always. Don't people find out on the show first before they do anything else, I'm sure. So uh, we'll keep in touch with you. But I couldn't really thank you enough than to just have you on the mic so everybody could listen also and share this with you that I'm just, I'm really, really excited about all this. So. And it's so good, you know, like if it was a term paper in college, of course there's a couple words misspelled, you know, but Bonnie, it's like, look at all this, it's like hundreds of pages here, you know, it's yes. like, this is unbelievable, you know. So we'll keep you posted and let you know what happens with all these transcribed topics, and maybe it will make some of them partially available, and that would be another way to help promote and pay for the show, too. So we'll put this little magic puppy over here until after the show. Okay, <laughs> welcome to Astrological Metaphysical Radio. I am Farley Malaris, and... Bonnie, you can kick back and relax now, see what else is going to come out of me. I did want to make a comment on a miniature topic here, because somebody was asking me how an astrologer would interpret a chart in case a person wanted to take up astrology and use it as a profession. There's a couple of key situations you want to adhere to in case you would care to try to transcribe a person's natal chart. First of all, there's the ethical side to being an astrologer, and that means that you should never really ever make a choice for a person. You might notice that when I'm on the show, oftentimes I will preface it by saying, if I were you, or if I had this chart, I can't make the choice for you, but this is what I would do. You might notice on other radio programs that people who are supposed to be psychics or counselors of the new age are making the choice for a person, where they're actually ordering them or telling them you should move or definitely change this job or definitely you're going to be broken up which I think is not a proper karmic vibration that should be sent out because a person needs to be able to feel free enough to make their own choices. A good astrologer will reveal the self in a natal chart. The purpose of being an astrologer is to alert the individual host of the individual natal chart as to what their identity is. This is a way for us to help a person step out of their bodies and take a look at the vehicle they have absorbed at birth 
And a good astrologer will help prove the power of astrology and how it works by doing that. So doing things like identifying the rising sign and explaining to the person what it means for them to be a particular rising sign and degree. This is their appearance and how they project themselves. See, these are things that a person, especially a neophyte, like myself once was, like I once was before I got into astrology, this is the type of stuff they really want to hear more than anything else. They want their minds blown, they want their socks knocked off, and they want somebody to tell them something about themselves that no one else would know. More than pretending to be a fortune teller or a crystal ball holder or somebody that might come up with a goofy projection in someone's life, the future is important, and future cycles are also important. But we as astrologers, the purpose of what we're trying to do is really reveal the self to the individual, which means we are trying to teach the individual about their vehicle, about their emotions and their feelings through analysis of the moon, about their thought processes and communication factors and psychological factors through Mercury. Usually when I do a reading, I like the person who sits within the reading with me, whoever I'm doing the reading for, to direct me. You know, like I'll tell them before they come, I want you to write down the points that you want me to focus on in your life and ask me. And I'll do the best I can to answer those situations. I have found that to spend the best time with a client in a reading, you definitely want to cover those areas that they are interested in. We are not mind readers. You know, we are scientists and we are behavioralists. And a lot of times if you don't focus on what a person wants to hear, when the reading is over, they will be upset or angry and they'll say, wow, you didn't cover something important that which I wanted to know. So at the very beginning, I will say to them ahead of time, even before they show up in my office, what is it you want to cover? And let's go over that. If someone says they want a general scan for 50 minutes, fine. Then I go into my typical procedures, which are to identify the rising sign and the house cusp vibration. In other words, if you're Scorpio rising, I'll explain what it means to have Scorpio in the first house or the person's personality, the Sagittarius vibration a person would have on their second house, as all Scorpio risings in equal house astrology would have. If I find planets in any house, along with explaining that particular house vibration, I will correlate the significance of having a planet in there, depending on the aspects of that planet, which usually focus on karma. See? So when it comes to being an astrologer, I know a lot of people are out there and they're about ready to rebirth into doing readings and they're confused. They don't know how to do it. And that's why I'm, you know, as part of today's show, I'm giving you this advice and this information to let you know exactly how to read an astrology chart. So you, you reveal their rising sign and explain that to them, and then you go counterclockwise through the 12 houses, explaining each and every one of those vibrations on each house. When you find a planet in there, you explain the karma in that house because of the planet that's there. If you don't find a planet in that house through interpretation, you know what you do? You find the Lord of the sign that rules that house and find that Lord in the chart somewhere to cross-connect what's going on in that house with the planetary Lord, because even though some of us don't have planets in all of the houses, what happens is there is something going on in every house. There's no such thing as a weak house or an equal house astrology. There are no intercepted houses. There are no lost signs. There is a succinct, significant vibration in each and every house. And as an astrologer, it is our jobs to reveal this clarification, this vibration, focus on planetary karma concerning whatever planets are in that house, cross-connect to the Lord every time, because whether there's planets there or not, the Lord always controls what goes on in that house. I want that to be clear. The planetary Lord of the sign, like I'm Libra rising, right? And that means Libra, Scorpio, Sag, Capricorn. My fourth house is Capricorn, which means that my planetary Lord and the Lord of Capricorn is Saturn. So I will always go to my Saturn in my chart 
to understand what's going on in my home and in my residence and with my past lives, with my karma. And that's the fourth house matter. So I cross-connect Saturn, which is in Leo, which is in my 11th house, goals and friends. And uh, Capricorn rules my career. So hence, I work. my office is in my home. And maybe you don't know I have computers in the home. Monica works in my house, right? And I host and I have a lot of celebration with my friends. And I plan all my goals and directions out right there in my home. And my home has been one of my most karmic things in my life, gaining stability in that area, cross-connect to Saturn again. So you can explain to a person their character and their essence vibration and their karma and their life's destiny by analyzing house by house, step by step, inch by inch, house by house, planet by planet, and then planetary lord, and then focusing on aspects, right? Revealing dharmic vibration from trines and sextals and karmic debts from squares and oppositions, always reminding the client that they have karma with themselves and that karma is catalyzed through the world that they live in around them. So I think that this is an interesting point to add as an addendum to this show and to this particular topic here. Now we're going to continue with a final footnote on chart interpretation for some of you blossoming, burgeoning astrologers. Of course, it is important if you are anywhere near the likeness of Bonnie, my pal here, who has transcribed hundreds of shows in her notebook, then obviously you take this show personal and serious as an astrology class, which it is. It blows my mind how people on the air and off the air will call me up and say, Farley, where can I take a class in astrology? My answer is usually, give me a break. (laughs) Like, if this isn't it, let me know where it is, right? This is your Academy of Astrology and Metaphysics right here in the radio. That is why when we offer charts and services, it's a wonderful barter, because when you send us the funds to help pay and produce the Astrology Hour, we're able to bring you this show on a regular basis. You know, some people can't afford charts, but they send me nice letters. And I've been getting some super wonderful letters lately. And I know you're out there. I love you. And thank you for acknowledging me. I'm acknowledging you now. And even though you can't afford a chart, if you drop me a line of love and light, I need it. I appreciate it. And I think it's cool. It's great. So God bless you. There's a guy named Bob Strand in Venice. He keeps wrapping up presents and sending me He sends me flower seeds. He sends me candy, gum, whatever he can find, cookies. (laughs) I love you, Bob. Anyway, we're talking... uh, about a lot of things today, because we had Bonnie in here with all the transcribed topics, but I was mentioning a little bit more about chart interpretation. A couple other things you want to remember when you're interpreting charts is not only where the planets are, but you want to try to explain what the aspects mean, and you want to try to avoid complicated jargon. You know, a client doesn't want to hear all this stuff about this is square that, or trying this or oppose that. You can briefly mention that, but make sure you tack on a layman's terms explanation as to what it means. That is so important. Otherwise, they're out in the cold. They don't know what you're talking about. And a lot of new astrologers are so excited about their science, they forget that their clients and certain beginners don't know the language yet. So they don't know what they're talking about. So you got to remember to keep it basic if you can as far as how you explain it. And then finally, as a final punctuation in a person's chart, you do want to put focus on the importance of the three majors, the sun sign, the moon sign, and the rising sign, and how that really truly does reveal your character and your karma with your parents. and And you do want to focus on childhood factors in the first house, especially if any planets are there. Explain maybe the significance of the chart ruler being the epitomization of your essence vibration, right? If you know what that means. And also, you want to go over the transits without telling the client. See, because you can then place the planets where they are in the sky and in the future in their chart as an astrologer and see what's coming as far as certain trines or sextals or oppositions or squares or conjunctions a person's having. Obviously. If they're turning 28, they're having a Saturn return. That's an important thing to discuss. They're turning 38 or 39, they're having a midlife crisis transit. That's important. 
if they're turning 57, 58, or 59, they're having their second Saturn return, and you want to go over major cycles. If you understand they are going through a cycle, this is something you want to get into because this is a major focus of their life right now. And then, you know, as you get into the transits, you don't want to hit them with things that are negative or bad because there is nothing in astrology that is negative or bad. Everything offers growth. Everything offers rebirth and completion. And everything offers choice for pain or pleasure. A bad astrologer is a person that will make a client's life look miserable, depressed, with no hope. A good astrologer is someone that will explain some of the choices and changes that are on approach and offer hope and light and love and positive choice. So the reason why people are miserable many times is not through astrology. It's because they manifest it. It's because they have a power in their chart. It's strong. It's this intuition they have. They can manifest negativity easily by worrying, by seeing, by thinking, by speaking, by doing, or they can manifest it just by making the wrong choice. That's why as an astrologer, it's your job, it's your duty to offer them the choice, maybe give them a suggestion as to what you would do, but never ever making the choice for the person, but clearly giving them the one alternative or the other. What some people want in reading sometimes is they want magical resolution. They want magical absolution. They want to be told that a marriage is going to work, even though as an astrologer you know it may be in a crisis state and that the best thing for this person to do would be to either separate or center themselves first before deciding on whatever to do. But some people, usually people that come in for a reading many times are at hope's end and they're already obsessed and they're competitive and they're trapped and they're selfish and they're looking for us to give them the answers. It's not an astrologer's job to give a person an answer. It is our job to reveal self and also to reveal choice and to assist one in making choice and also to assist one in self-realization and acknowledging the powers of the universe that affect us, which I think are so important. So there, you didn't think I was going to do a topic today, did you, Bonnie? Well, I surprised you too. Okay, Bonnie, the crystals that I gave you, they must have been an accident, right? We gave you some major crystals. I think so. Your comment was that I was probably the only order that came in that week. So I think uh, Monica or whoever went a little crazy. Oh, you, I just want some of the crystals we have are very large. Oh, gorgeous. And this one has a little crystal growing out of it. Oh, my gosh. So I guess the, I always say a crystal goes where it's supposed to. So I think so. There's this, a reason. We're, we're the crystal distributors in this dimension. <laughs> but anyway... Have you noticed your dreams have changed, too, since you've got them? Yes, I do. I have noticed. They are so vivid, so and I can remember them so much better. Well, I can predict your future now, because I can visualize you doing a dream diary coming up. That's next, I, right? I do dream this stuff. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Okay, in case you just tuned in, that was Bonnie, and she had transcribed about 100 or 200 of my shows and brought them into me for me to have a copy of, so that's why I had her on as a guest to introduce her to our audience, and she's definitely a member for sure. Okay, now let's go to the phone lines. And meet and greet the people. Let's go to Simon now on line two, January 21st, 66. Hi, Simon. How you doing, Farley? Fine, thanks for calling back. What can we do for you today, guy? I went to see a palm reader, and he said I was going through a cycle. Yeah. And I've almost completed it, and I was wondering, tell me. I like palm readers. When my cycle will end. What kind of cycle did she say you're going through? Uh, she said that uh, for the last couple of years, I've been going through a lot of depression. And uh, confusion. Have you been? Yeah. Well, you're a pretty smart guy, Simon. Have you been insecure about your intelligence? Yeah. Well, let's see, you're not in school anymore, right? No. You graduated, though, didn't you? Yeah. Why don't you go to college? What's holding you back from that? I, uh, I don't know. I think what you really need is completion along certain intellectual lines. 
you have Mars in Aquarius trying Jupiter in Gemini, and you are showing a strong mind that needs to be exercised. So I might suggest a junior college or some kind of educational program to get your mind off of worrying and negativity, even if you are, even if you are in a position where you need to work and make money to survive. I would suggest a supplement like a night school or a weekend school or a part-time schooling situation for you. I think that would pick up your life tremendously and help this cycle become a lot happier for you. Besides, I think the connections you would meet in this situation would be unbelievable. How's that sound? You know, I was thinking the same thing. Well, there you go. We're on the same level then. Good luck, guy. You could be an astrologer with a chart like this, so if you can ever afford it, send for your chart, okay? Okay. Um. So is my cycle, will my cycle end soon? It's up to you, guy. You see, palm readers aren't in control of your life. You are. So you can always end any cycle just by saying it's over. <laughs> then put on Sam Kennison and start laughing or something. <laughs> See you later, Simon. I like the show. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Let's go to Eric now, Gemini Libra Rising. Hi, Eric. How are you doing, Farley? I'm very excited. I feel like it's my birthday today with all this material. <laughs> can you, no, seriously, Eric, if you had a notebook filled with a hundred of my shows, all the topics transcribed, don't you think that's neat? Well, I'm running out of tapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened to Bonnie. Yeah, yeah. She ran out of tapes and said, I'm going to record them and then just uh, type them in. Yeah, I just got my Ephraimus and, uh, you got and Planets in Transit by Robert Hand, so. Oh, you listened to yesterday's show then, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, did you think today's show helped a little bit too as oh, far as got it. astrology interpretation? Oh, I, yeah, I yeah. saved a tape just for this one. Yeah, well, I might, uh, you know, talk more about that tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens. But I had to share what happened with Bonnie and I today. I thought that was important. That was great. I really think the book is going to do it. Okay. You mean you think the Astrology Hour of the book might take oh, yeah. off? Oh, yeah. Could be something, yeah. It'll be great. Something to think about. So you, you've been having a pretty good time, huh? Oh, yeah. Major rebirth for you, huh? Definitely. Can I borrow your chart? <laughs> you, you have Saturn, you have Mars, and Uranus conjunct in Virgo, man. You are an astrologer guy. Yeah, yeah. You have, I've, uh, I've been doing it. You have Mars, and listen to this, everybody. He's got Mars and Uranus and Pluto. All grouped in Virgo, Mars at around, I think, 1 or 0 or 1, Uranus around 1, Pluto around 9, and all that stuff's being trined to Dickens by Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune, so you're being prepared here. Yeah. Have you been doing any readings yet? Oh, yeah. I just started. <laughs> Have you been getting paid for it yet? Uh, not yet. Okay, what, what, what degree is your Libra rising? It's a 9. Wow, a 9-er, huh? Yeah. Okay, I, I'm curious. Let's check it out. You mind? Go ahead. So whenever I talk to an, an astrologer that I'm excited about, I have to... See what your big vibe is, and the Libra Risings are such a select group. So it says, an expulsion of instincts, of domineering self-willed nature, a releasing of tenacity, a seeking within of total diplomacy. Does that sound like you? Great. Okay. So what's your question, guy? <laughs> General scan for, uh, I've been having a little bit of problem at work, but not my own work. <laughs> it's because you're about to enter a whole new career, I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah, you are not the kind of Gemini that works for other people. Right. Because Venus in Taurus, square Saturn in Aquarius, is karma with authority, authority figures, supervisors. Anybody that tries to tell you what to do could be in trouble. Right. And it's not that you're mean or have a strong ego. It just means that you're a self-willed guy and you need to be in control of your center and create your own destiny. You don't want anyone to try to reshape your destiny for you. And you also have Mercury and Venus conjunct in Taurus, square your Saturn. So with Jupiter and Taurus going over that Taurus, square your Saturn, it looks like you're going to go through a big change, Great. probably in career. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, good luck, guy. Okay. And when they start tipping you, you know you're a pro. Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll keep in touch with you. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Gosh, I'm having a great day today. The moon's going into Leo for tomorrow and the weekend, and I know Lakers like to win during Leo moons, don't they? They better. They better wake up, guy. Get off of that stuff. Okay. 
you're a Leo moon too, huh? One Leo. You're having a lunar return tonight and tomorrow then, huh? Wow. You know what that means, don't you? No, I don't oh, think you, so. I didn't do a topic on that for a while, did I? I don't think so. When the moon comes back to your birth point in your chart, it's your most emotionally sensitive, intuitive, and emotionally vulnerable time of the month. And it happens for about 12 hours. And what you do is you try to zero in on when the moon will be exactly in your birth point, one Leo. And for you, I'll, I'll tell you when that'll be. So okay. because you've been so nice to bring me all this <laughs> stuff, I got to be nice to Bonnie because she's been working hard for me without knowing it. 11.57 p.m is when it goes into Leo, so you'll probably be having your lunar return while you're sleeping <laughs> tonight. Tonight. Which oh, is okay. That, yeah, that's... You know, so, sometimes I have a restless... sure I have my crystals under my pillow. <laughs> sometimes I have a restless night during a lunar return, because I'm a Scorpio moon, so you know I can feel that vibe. You Maybe know. I shouldn't put the crystals under the pillow just, just go to sleep when you're tired, and you'll be fine, you know. Let's try Beverly the Cancer. Hi, Bev. Hello. How are you? Hi. And I'm, I'd like to say I'm thankful and I'm grateful for everybody from Cape Fox for me learning different things. Oh, thank you. are welcome then. Thank you. What can we do for you today? I want a gentle scan. Oh, that sounds very easy. Looks like you've come out of a period that was filled with lots of changes and transition the last few years. Are you better now? Yes. Cape <laughs> Fox. You a lot happier too? Yes. Okay. Now you are shown some money this week. You could ask for a raise in your job or begin a new business. And you are also shown real good organization and, and strong intuition. You are very psychic with a chart like this. Did you know that? Sometime when I you put my mind to it. Uh huh. You have Mars in Pisces. And as a Cancer with Mars in Pisces, I'd say especially with men, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know when they're lying or not, right? You'll catch those guys. Okay, thank you for calling. Hey, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Are you there now, Diane? Yes, I am. I'm at work. Okay. Now, now, wasn't it nice? I have changed because in the old days, I would just pop somebody off if they weren't there. But my my higher self said, Farley, she's there. Be patient. And you commented this week how you're starting to feel the oneness and the changing. Oh, thank you. I remember that. I'm trying. You're trying. We're all trying. Uh, My question is, Farley, um, you talked about a lot last week about being able to get rid of the old and get on with your life. And sometimes... You know, having to eliminate people and job and make, you know, real big changes. And every time I've talked to you, you tell me I'm going through my midlife crisis. And there's no cookies for me and stuff. <laughs> I want some cookies. Yeah. I want my maple. Well, you know, I'm doing all those things. It's crazy. I'm going through all those changes, but I'm kind of wondering. I feel like I'm flying apart. It's like the, the anxiety and the energy is so uncomfortable that I'm wondering, what do you see? I mean, it's... Okay, Diane, the human body is like a a machine in a way where just like a car, it takes fuel and it creates waste and it also requires maintenance and upkeep, okay? The mistake that a lot of people make is they don't recognize their bodies as machines and they don't do the proper maintenance or the upkeep where a lot of times we need to pull away from the routine. It's like getting the car off the road and getting it into the shop or even taking it out in the country and waxing it, you know? Like you're the type of person with a chart like this that needs a major break and needs a major spiritual sabbatical of some kind where where you can get the fresh air and the fresh water and some good food and where you can spend time with Diane and center yourself and cleanse your aura and work with your chakras and get into some healing meditations. Because like me, you are a person that must recharge. And if you don't, that's when you'll start feeling like you're falling apart. Just just falling completely apart. And and, And you need at least five to eight days, I would say, away from civilization almost to recharge and you're in Aries and you have Leo rising and normally you'll run in a lot of energy so you require major recharge and you know you're way past due and oh, you know what happens when you don't recharge? 
yeah, you lose it. It creates imbalance, which is also called dis-ease or illness, you know, exactly. and, and if you don't get away and, and heal the body and heal the temple and the chakras, that's what happens. And I'm talking to a lot of people out there that are all my career fanatics that listen to this show. They're going, yeah, Farley, sure. Well, after we go to the bank, we'll take a couple of days off. Right. Thank you, Diane. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go over here to Lynn on line 8, Gemini Taurus Rising. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Farley. How are you? I'm having a great day. I can tell. I'm sitting here with these magic notebooks. Yes, what a great... And my magical elf Bonnie. She's so cute, too. (laughs) (laughs) So what can we do for you? Well, I'm one of those career junkies who uh, (laughs) let let, uh, my mind drag me down (laughs) to the ground. And um, now... I was literally out of commission for months, but a good thing has happened, and I feel myself rebirthing spiritually. Mm-hmm. And it's completely changed the momentum and the desires. And I was just curious. I also just had my 39th birthday, which is uh, midlife crisis time, and I just would like a general scan to see what kind of direction is happening because I feel a lot of growth happening. Yeah, you're going to be in a total different planet, I would assume, here. You know, it's like you can start keeping a list of the changes. They're just unbelievable as they hit. See, like your Uranus is right now also 29 Gemini, I think, right where mine is. Uh So you're getting hit with that Saturn-Uranus opposition. And I've probably gone through about 50 changes since it started. So it is unbelievable. I'm really trying to hold on to everything the way it is. But I think that as things change, actually, they will get better for me and for all the people involved in what I'm doing. So I'm not frightened of it. The best thing to do is just embrace it. And remember that you're being torn down and restructured here, okay? How long do you see this happening? Is this a process that will go on like for the next year or so? Five to six years. Five to six? Yeah, the midlife crisis transit lasts till you're about 45 years young, okay? Okay. Thanks, love. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it. I got to go. Tomorrow we continue with more on chart interpretation. See you real soon. Weekdays on the Fox at 12 noon. Bye, everybody. 